0: This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linnelli on Lightning Radio. When you don't have confidence
1: sometimes to make a play, it's just outwork your opponent. And uh, that's what we have to do. It takes everybody. It takes little little things like uh, forecheck, backcheck, block shots shot on goal and you know all those things they they bring the team up you know everybody on the bench sees it when when the, when the guys are working and it just gives a confidence boost to go out and work and the uh, guys will do that I'm, I'm, I'm confident life sports whatever confidence is is a big thing and when things start to go Wrong, you know, it can get in your head a little bit. It can be almost more of a, a mental thing than it is a physical thing. And when guys aren't thinking, you know, that we're going to have success, it usually doesn't lead to success. So that's something that I'm sure every player in this room has gone through at some point in in, in their career. You're going to go through stretches like this. So one positive thing can kind of snowball it the other way. So that's what we're we're looking for. But it's not just going to happen. I mean, you can't just talk about it. You got to execute
0: it. We. Probably weren't playing our best hockey and now it's probably caught up to us a little bit But in saying that as a result, and it's happened the past two days or you know, change. changed what's been you know a season if, the, if it ended today we'd be in the playoffs we would be Do, do we like our group? We do. Do we know we have embedded better in us? We do. It's just we're in a rut right now and At some point you just got to work your way out of it And you show some signs of yourselves getting out of it and all of a sudden it's like take one step forward two steps back at some point here, we got to take one step back, two steps forward.
1: Yeah, there's a lot there, for sure. A lot of panic setting in. Yeah, I'll use the word panic. I told you about this. A lot of people like to eventually, eventually be right. Even when they've been wrong for an extended period of time, when things start to go their way, you start to see them gloat a bit, even though it's with your own team that you're rooting for which i always find a bit odd we'll get into all of that what does it mean the lightning have lost five in a row Mm -hmm. and looking to break that streak tomorrow against the flyers greg linelli with you along with the radio voice of the Lightning, dave michigan who's at a front row seat to all of these games steve ursics our producer at bolts radio again chime in as you can imagine partner we've got a lot of uh, questions comments concerning the team and where they are and as we'd like to do, and I think it's because very similar in some ways to when the Lightning got off to a slow start at the beginning of the year, if you remember, I felt like there was a little bit more noise when it came to the Lightning and their play just because it was the beginning of the year and the record probably stood out more because it wasn't during the middle of the season when you know maybe you start one and three or one and four. This feels a little different for a lot of people because you're you're getting towards the end of the year. People are going to start talking about, well, you want to finish off the season on a strong note, heading into the playoffs. And uh, after the trade deadline, I feel like there's more attention to teams, positioning-wise, where they are in the Lightning right now, just aren't playing their best hockey. And I think it's fair to say, partner, this might be the worst stretch of hockey we've seen from the Lightning, certainly this year.
0: This year, yes, and going back several years, I think the stat was released. It's their first five-game stretch without a win since March of 2014. So, essentially, what, nine years ago. So, John Cooper is right. If the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. So, this is a little different than the start of the year in that, They put themselves in a position to absorb a slump and still get in the playoffs. If you get into a big slump at the start of the year, you might put yourself behind the eight ball and not be able to catch up. So when we were talking about they hit their playoff pace in this 10-game segment and they hit their playoff pace in this 10-game segment and they actually bank some bonus points, this may be the segment where they're going to use some of those bonus points. I mean, to stay on playoff pace, they're at 79 points. They need to get 84 by game 70 so they have seven games to get five points to be basically on pace to assuredly make the playoffs now do we believe that this slump is going to continue for the next seven games they're only going to get five points I guess we're going to find out the reason that there is a lot of noise and I understand the noise is that the team does not look very good right now and There is a concern that they will not be able to get out of this, that there is something fundamentally wrong with the team right now, and it's very difficult to get out of a slump once you get into it, and there's no guarantee that they will get out of it, but most teams do get out of a slump. (laughs) Like Slumps don't last for six weeks, usually. And it's going to be up to the Lightning to try and end it sooner rather than later. But the good news is that they have given themselves a cushion because at the end of the day, the point is get into the playoffs. And we've been consistent with that, Greg, whether they finish in first place, second place, third place, wild card. The Lightning just want to get in. And once they get in, they're going to have to play at a much higher level, certainly, than they're playing right now. Let me say this about Sunday's game. Given the fact that the Lightning were heading to Carolina lacking some confidence because they'd taken a ding and that they hadn't gotten rewarded in any of these games, not that they necessarily deserved to be rewarded because they hadn't been playing very well. But when you're lacking confidence, you tend to play the game more hesitantly. The absolute worst opponent you could have if you're gonna play a hesitant game, is the Carolina Hurricanes. And we saw that played out on the ice in Raleigh yesterday. The Hurricanes play at a super up-tempo pace. They jump on you, they that's their style. They have a ton of possession. They lead the league in fewest shots allowed, Greg, for the second year in a row. For the second year in a row, they're last in block shots. So. What that tells you is, we're not counting missed shots, but basically of the two-thirds of the metric of shot attempts, which is what we use to determine possession, the Hurricanes are the very best in the league at suppressing shots on net, and they're not even allowing opponents to get shots that they're blocking relative to other teams. So what that tells you is they dominate possession. Or at the very least, they control possession. And then when they're on their game, they dominate possession. And if you're going to get a team that's fragile coming in that's playing right into their hands. And nothing happened early in the game last night to turn the tide. So if you're going to play the Carolina Hurricanes, you need to be playing at the same pace as them, essentially. You need to, you need to put them on their heels, Correct. not let them get going on their forecheck. Like they they were, and and not only offensive zone forecheck, neutral zone forecheck. Like their sticks and bodies were everywhere. They were on the lightning before the lightning had a chance to do anything. So I know I'm kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent here. Carolina has been the best team that the Lightning have seen this year. Now it's a small sample size, it's two games. And I'm sure there have been other games the arcades have played that they've been a little less impressive. And you want to pick other top teams, the Boston Bruins, the New Jersey Devils. The Lightning haven't seen the Devils yet. There there have been some very impressive performances, clearly, from those teams. But if you're asking me the very best team the Lightning have seen this year, head-to-head, it's been the Carolina Hurricanes. The game in Tampa, they had, what, 55 shots? And Vasilevsky got that game to a shootout, which Carolina won. And it was in the other direction. Yesterday, it wasn't so much that the Hurricanes had 55 shots, but they held the Lightning to 14, including zero in the second period. So what I'm saying is the opponent matters in this case based on what we saw yesterday. Their next opponent is the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Flyers are certainly capable of beating the Lightning. They just beat Detroit yesterday. But the Flyers are not the Hurricanes. Most teams are not the Hurricanes, so let's see if the Lightning can start rebuilding their game and rebuilding their confidence, because I think the players are right. That's where it's going to start. Like We can talk about effort and execution. Like right now, they've kind of lost their swag. And for a team that plays kind of a, when they're on their game, like an up-tempo, really high-level sort of game when your execution is off it can affect your confidence and then when your confidence goes the rest of your game can can really fall apart honestly <laughs> like they aren't they aren't executing to make the sorts of plays they're used to making coop talked about that so how do they get it back right well you got to dig deep obviously i mean surgachev talked about it keeping the game maybe simple hard work shots to the net kind of go to the building blocks of success in the sport which are universal like effort matters and if they can dig deep to to try and build themselves up again then the rest of their game starts to click into place but they are they're having some issues in a whole variety of areas like earlier it was scoring chances against but now it's you know penalty kill penalty kill struggled over the weekend they gave what up five Carolina? power play goals yeah but to Buffalo, too. Yeah, and Buffalo, so six power play goals. I'm sorry, I forgot about the fourth one Carolina scored. Buffalo scored two. Carolina so just scored a- again, by the way, on the power play. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> so, look, the, the Hurricanes scored six goals, but four on yeah. the power play. They only scored two even strength goals. So special teams was definitely a big factor. Now, would the Lightning have scored? I mean, could the game have finished 2 nothing? Could have. I mean, Hagel hit the post, and the Lightning had maybe one or two scoring chances. That was about it but like they're having some issues in a variety of areas and so how do you how do you correct that well you do it one step at a time and i think the schedule is working in their favor and that they have four games at home this week i know it's a busy week they're not going anywhere though so they have the off day today because it's after a back-to-back but i guarantee you no matter what happens on tuesday they're going to have a dig-deep work practice mm-hmm. on Wednesday, and they're going to have a dig-deep work practice on Friday. Yeah, And hopefully that, in, in conjunction with good performances and good results against some of the teams they have coming in, will help them get this thing back on track.
1: It, it is incredible watching a team who's been very successful over the last few years, for the most part, do the right things, struggle all of a sudden to, to just do the simple things. And I think it just it speaks to how sports fluctuate sometimes with momentum and, and how well you're playing. I also think this is a case where it's a confidence issue. Because I think when you're not confident, this can happen. Yeah. Are, are there some structural things? Sure. I mean, look, John Cooper and his staff, they're going to look at the film and they're going to dissect what aren't we doing strategically that is allowing us to be in these prone positions, so to speak, and the other team is taking advantage of them, they will do that. I think it's just pretty clear, too, that the Lightning aren't a confident group. Their best players right now aren't confident for the most part, and I think that has a trickle-down effect. And what's interesting is, factor in, the Lightning are coming off a pretty good stretch here of teams, Dave, that are fighting for playoff positions. Mm -hmm. And you know whether you agree with that or not, I think it's part of this... Mess the lightning have gotten into?
0: It started that, them. It started them on the spiral. I mean, Carolina is not in that boat, but Carolina is playing like they're playing the top contender. Yeah, yeah, they're playing lights out. Well, they're they're a team,
1: Dave, where they're so consistent, it, it really doesn't matter where you are playing them on the schedule. They're probably going to be a really good team night in and night out. Mm-hmm. And if you are if you are a team who's a little vulnerable, which Tampa Bay is, I mean, you I don't want to say you could see that result coming. But you could see Carolina feeling pretty comfortable against the Lightning last night going into that game just because the Lightning are struggling big time. And Carolina, we talk so much about how deep they are and how well-coached they are, and they're just clicking. That would have been a tough matchup for Tampa Bay, I think, regardless. And the fact that they weren't playing
0: well. They had a tough time with Carolina the first time they met, which, again, was earlier in the year when the Lightning were maybe still trying to figure some things out. I am... (sighs) I'm still a little mystified that Carolina hasn't gone deeper in the playoffs. And, of course, one year they ran into the Lightning. The Lightning deed them up really well. Bad goal from Nedeljkovic. Peter Morozik, whether it was him or whether it was the team, that game four at Amelie Arena, the the Canes had scored four goals on Vasilevsky. It was the one game that they, they got through to Vasilevsky and scored some goals in the series. And then they gave that two-goal lead right up again. So, I mean, they they made some plays that are not going to help you win in the playoffs. And then last year, they couldn't win a road game in the playoffs. Yeah. But a team, like, you're right. They're so consistent. Like, how is it that they couldn't win a road game in the playoffs? Even the series they won against the Bruins, they lost the three games in Boston. Sure. Their penalty kill last year in the regular season was at 88%. That's better than the top penalty kill team. This year, their penalty kill isn't even as good as it was last year in the regular season. And in the playoffs, their penalty kill was 74% against the Bruins and Rangers. Two teams with really good power plays. But I guess I'm a little surprised that it hasn't come together for them. Understanding they lost to the Lightning one year. And the Lightning were a Stanley Cup championship team that year. But. I wonder if this is their year. I mean, I understand the Lightning are, are struggling right now, but Caroline is really impressive. And it, no, it seems like no matter who they bring in, how many times do we say this about certain teams? Like, Brent Burns has had some really, like, wildly should I say inconsistent years in San Jose where he's scoring a lot, but you know, he's yeah. like minus 18 or whatever. Like he is slotted in beautifully for them. Beautifully. He's producing points. He's a plus player. How about Shane Goss's who had had a pretty good offensive year in Arizona. I mean, was he got 12 goals now two with Carolina. So he scored 10 goals with Arizona sure. before he was traded and he had been injured. So it wasn't even 10 goals over the full 50 some odd games before the trade, he looked fantastic with yeah. Carolina. So they're just a team. They bring in different people, and they just slot right in. Like, Brenda Moore it's a good coach. is a fantastic <laughs> it's coach. A yeah, he really, really is. Good. Yeah. And so let's see if this is the year that they go deeper. But I'm kind of circling back to the fact that this was probably the worst opponent the Lightning could have had based on where they Absolutely. were going Absolutely. into that game last night. No so tomorrow they get a different opponent, and let's see if they can start kind of building this thing back up. We again. we want to see the laning at their best, I think, too, when they're taking on Carolina.
1: Now, look, Carolina yeah. could, because how they play, Dave, maybe they don't allow teams to to play their best. That's fair. Yeah. That's a fair point. I mean, Carolina comes in waves. The, the question always with Carolina, do you feel pretty good about their tandem and net? Now, tandem and net does not mean you have one guy who's going to be the person carrying the load. I, I, I guess... Who do you think ends up being their start in the playoffs if it were to start today? Because they've, uh, you and Brian were talking about this in the pregame. Mm-hmm. It's basically
0: being 50 50. I don't know. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's a heck of a. Maybe that's the biggest decision Brendan Yeah, has. which is a big decision. And the other part too, They so they added Puglia Yarvi. So look, they had a and basically he's taken the spot of Calvin DeHaan, who's an older guy, and. Gosses Bear can go on power play two for them. Obviously, he's been very effective. Like, that really makes sense, but he's playing in their bottom defense pair. On the left side, they have Slavin and Shea, and they aren't going anywhere. Basically, Gosses Bear is where Cole was last year for Carolina. Where are they going to put Puglia And I asked Mike meniscalco their broadcaster, that very question yesterday. He said, they're probably going to start him on the fourth line. I'm like, who comes out? He's like, probably Nason. Like Stefan Nason's having a great year; he's been really effective on their fourth line, and he plays on their top power play unit. How many fourth line guys play in the top power play unit? I mean, Corey Perry plays on the second power play yeah. unit for the Lightning. That tells you, like, is the Puljujarvi edition going to upset the apple cart at all for Carolina? And based on what I just said about how Brenda Moore integrates players in, maybe not, but. That'll be interesting to see how he kind of settles in with his new team after, let's be honest, a rough go of it for him as a high yeah. draft pick at Edmonton.
1: Well, he comes to Carolina, the, the team in terms of their expectations are high, but I, I don't know what his expectations are going to be when it comes to Carolina. So maybe the, the expectations that are lessened for him start on the fourth line and see how it goes. I think that may be best for him. And uh, we'll see how Carolina evolves. But, I, you know, there, there's a lot of talk at who who's the best team in the league. And I think there are a handful of teams that can lay claim to that. Yeah, Carolina feels pretty confident about where they are. And I, I think we saw that over the weekend at Bolts Radio. If you want to get involved in the conversation, you can. Partner, there was also something we, we need to talk about, which, of course, we didn't get a chance to on our show because it happened on Saturdays, the fact that the Lightning's first line was benched.
0: Yeah, like the whole third period, and we should and get to the headman injury too. Yes, which we'll is also a big takeaway from Sunday. But for go ahead. Sure.
1: Now, Brian Engblom came out and basically said he thought that was a brilliant coaching move, didn't he? You guys were we on the pregame. You guys were breaking it all down, and I was I was really interested and intrigued that he had said that because it wasn't for a shift, as he was trying to explain. It was for mm-hmm. the whole period i don't know if it had the effect that john cooper wanted the following game against carolina but you know there there was a situation where you want
0: you want to grab your team's attention that's certainly one way to do it isn't (laughs) well i think it did have the effect in the third period i mean that was probably the lightning's best period during this whole stretch I know they won a game in Detroit, but I'm not sure they played particularly well in any of those three periods other than Vasilevsky. And they ran the three lines, sitting, stamp, goes Kucherov, and point. And they really dictated play. Now, Sabres had a 5-1 lead. Lightning chipped away, became 5-3. They had chances to get even closer. Comrie made some saves and some scoring chances. So, yes, maybe the Sabres were sitting back a little bit. We have to acknowledge that. But the Lightning can't control that. The the point is that they took the game to Carolina. Sorry, they took the game to Buffalo in the third period on Saturday, and I think that was related to the move Cooper made. It did not carry over into the next game, and I think there are reasons for that, starting with the fact that Carolina jumped out to an early lead and the way they're playing right now. At the risk of repeating myself, I think that this was going to be a tough one for the Lightning, even if they came in feeling confident. Like, they they came into that game. It's not like you snap your fingers. It's like, well, we benched Stamkos, Kucherov, and and Point, got everyone's attention, so now it's just going to snap back into place. I think they were trying. I don't think it was an effort problem on Sunday, and that's why the players kept using the word confidence. They're hesitant in their game and and that became more and more pronounced as they fell behind it was like negative reinforcement but in the moment in the third period on saturday i do think it had a positive effect
1: yeah i i, I mean i i would agree with that for sure i i think when you take a look at what john cooper was trying to do and i know chief was discussing this i mean they they weren't playing well defensively what was their their plus minus you know heading into that that third period when he decided to pull the trigger i mean it wasn't pretty and you know maybe the lightning were late getting back defensively on the back check especially Mm -hmm. in that game and and john cooper signaled um singled out those guys for sure. What's curious is, you know, you have your captain involved in something like that. I don't think, let's put it this way, John Cooper makes a move if he doesn't think those guys can handle something like that. But it is interesting when you take a look at all three, how they're going to respond. Because, you know, Stamkos and Point, those guys usually put your head down, work hard, and you don't see at times maybe taking a playoff here and there. You know, he's done that to Kucherov before we've benched him. And, um, you know, I think Kuch is a little bit more highs and lows throughout a game. You know, when things are going really well for him, you can tell. When things aren't, you can tell. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think to lump all three of those guys in maybe just sends a a more powerful message.
0: What's interesting is that Kucherov was on a long point streak. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and Braden Point was on a long goal scoring streak. Both their streaks came to an end because the Lightning didn't score a goal. Yesterday, but a lot of their damage came in the power play. Prior to yesterday's game, the Lightning had scored at least one power play goal in seven of their previous eight games. So that had helped them generate offense, essentially. But I think we all recognize that Kucherov, especially, was not feeling it five on five. I think he was getting frustrated. I think of the three... During this stretch of time, Point has been the best yes, in terms of being impactful. And he was arguably the best player on the ice in the first period of Saturday's game in Buffalo. He had a goal. He had, I think, six shots on net. <laughs> he was buzzing all over the place. He was. But Coop made the decision to sit all three of them, and Point was on the ice for that Jack Quinn goal that came with whatever it was, 13 seconds left in the second period. So look, they're big boys. I don't think it affected how they played on Sunday in that you know, they didn't they didn't play like three players who had their feelings hurt. I think that they played like three players who were trying hard, but they ran into a team that is just operating at a different level than they are right now. That is true.
1: And again, I think all of this Goes out the door starting tomorrow against the Flyers. Although I don't know if any of this, if the opponent matters one one way or the other. Well, I think it matters in that.
0: I I think it matters that it's not Carolina.
1: I mean, mean, I'm not saying it could be
0: any of the other 30 teams in the league besides Carolina in terms of 31 opponents, but I think Carolina's game, the way the Hurricanes play, the Lightning were, that was the wrong opponent for the Lightning. I would agree with that. I think think most other teams, it's not going to be easy, but it's not going to be Carolina. So the Flyers are not going to pressure the Lightning like Carolina pressured the Lightning. And when I say pressure, like a team can choose to pressure, but few teams do it as well as Carolina consistently. That that's I kind agree. of what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what so, I agree. Look, did the Lightning play as poorly in the Buffalo game as they did in the Carolina game? Or, you know, was the game as lopsided? Maybe I should put it that way. No, absolutely not. They had a bad second period. No shots, right? Well, right. Because no, I'm Carolina. talking about in the Buffalo game, Buffalo, though. Right, right. In the Buffalo game, they gave up three goals in the second. Yeah. And, and they didn't have a great second period. But at no point in that game were they getting dominated like they were on Sunday against Carolina. No, and well, as I said, they had a good third period. Because your so, point Buffalo's not Carolina. You know, that's you my point. Felt, yeah, They right? felt pretty good. And Buffalo is a rising team in the league. Buffalo may get into the playoffs this year. So, look, the Lightning didn't beat Buffalo, so it wasn't good enough. But I think that coming home, they're going to try and hit the reset button here. And they're seeing four teams this week. Two are teams well out of the playoff picture, Philly and Chicago. They're seeing a, quote-unquote, I'm saying, quote-unquote, first-place team because Vegas is in first place, but that race is very, very tight in that Pacific division. So they're in a playoff spot, but it's not like they're running away with the division like Boston is. And then they're seeing a team that's in the wild card, Winnipeg. The West is a little different, though, because we are seeing separation between wild card two and the ninth seed, right, which is Nashville. So it's going to be, it may be a little bit of a different vibe. Winnipeg has struggled. I mean, Winnipeg is is kind of mired in a little bit of a slump, too. They had a win against Edmonton on Saturday, 7-5 with an empty netter. <laughs> so they scored a lot. They also gave up a lot. And they had been hammered the night before in Edmonton. So Winnipeg's game is a little wobbly. They're not going to see each other until Sunday. So, I mean, that. That could be an eternity, right? Today's Monday. So in the NHL world, you know, things can go off the rails quickly and get back on the rails just as quickly, like Stampco said. So we'll see if the Lightning's game is better than where it is now when they see the Jets on Sunday. But in the immediate future, they have Philly Tuesday and Vegas Thursday, and we'll see if they start playing a little bit better.
1: This question comes from John. It said, guys, update on Victor Hedman. What happened in
0: the game? Well, he was holding his lower back, so it must yeah. have been he didn't land on his back. He kind of landed on his his knee, but he didn't land hard on his knee. So maybe he just got torqued when Sveshnikov checked him. He was a little off balance. Now, he did come
1: back, though, right? in the third didn't play, right? But he was on it the It was bench. in the second, the second period.
0: I think it was the second period. So the, the locker room is across the ice from the bench. So for a player to go off the ice or back, For the player to go onto the bench or off the bench to the locker room, you actually have to skate across the ice. So Brian, who did the game with me, like you mentioned, we noticed had been coming back onto the ice from the locker room to the bench. But then he didn't play a shift, and then he left again. That was in the second period. Gotcha. So... Maybe he he thought he would give it a go and decided not to, or the team encouraged him not to. The game was four nothing, I think, at that point. So we'll see. Back issues, if it was a back issue, like those, can be tricky. I mean, we were talking a lot about Mario Lemieux. Has he had back know? issues?
1: Though I'm thinking, like Headman. No, history, but like
0: right? it's it's hard to, yeah, like that affects. Oh yeah, you in a lot of different ways yeah. if your back is hurting. So. Hopefully it's a short term thing for Victor. They do have extra defensemen though, because they called up Darren Radish. Yep.
1: And we saw Flurry last
0: night. And we saw Flurry yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. yes. And Chernak is is he didn't play over the weekend, but he was basically like game time decision. So, you know, he's not presumably gonna be out long term. So we'll see no. what the lineup looks like on Tuesday against the Flyers.
1: Al said is there a practice today?
0: No. Always a day off after a back-to-back.
1: He also said, is the current situation starting to affect the goalies? Neither one has looked
0: that sharp. Look, I don't want to go out of my way to defend Vasilevsky. But, boy, teams are really picking corners on him. The Carolina did. Yeah. I mean, of the first four goals, one was on him because he played the puck errantly. And, again, that might have been Carolina's forechecking pressure. Vasilevsky tried to pass it to the right D. Might have been Perbix. It was too far in front of him. And Kokoniemi and stole it. It was a tic-tac-toe play, and, and they scored. That one was on Vasi for the way he played the puck, and it led to a turnover. But the other three goals that Carolina scored in the first two periods were right in the top of the net. I mean, perfect shots. Yeah. The Svechnikov goal was off the inner bar. The Terravin goal was a cross ice pass, but he also put it up. And the Gosses Bear goal was was a seeing eye shot through a screen right into the top of the net. The ones in the third period, all right, it was kind of game over at that point. But I don't know. It's, I think it's hard I think Vasi, Yeah, right? I think Vasi has been left hung out to dry a little bit. And I'm trying to remember some of the other games, like the Pittsburgh game we talked about, the breakaways that he saw.
1: Look, and So if, it's
0: maybe a little bit on him, but also, like, you're asking him to do way, way too much. And he did make a number of phenomenal saves yesterday, too.
1: Well, even the saves he made against Pittsburgh. I mean, the, the Petrie, right? The, the first yeah. shot of the game, there was a pad save. He stopped, I think, Rust on a breakaway. The thing about it is, too, I, I know you remember, but, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Vassy had one of his better games of the season against Detroit. Yeah. But that was a game where Detroit really was peppering Tampa Bay. I mean, so had Vassy not been incredibly efficient in that game, people might have been lumping that performance into what we've seen here. I think unfairly.
0: I think it's been a combination of the opponent finishing shots with... I'll call it ridiculous accuracy. <laughs> like, they have scored... The, the opposition has scored some goals with really, really well-placed shots. They're going to beat most goalies who go down in the butterfly into the top of the net. That's been one. Two, there have been some deflection goals that have been very, very tough to stop. I'm thinking about that Eric Stahl goal that yeah. the Panthers scored. Two. Three... He's facing odd man rushes and breakaways. So the Lundell goal against Florida. Remember he stole it and walked in front and had an alone chance. Four, the opposition is getting prime scoring looks right in the middle of the ice. And I'm thinking of the Loosterinen Arena goal when there was a play in front and the Lightning just served it right up the middle, right to Lowest Arena. And he's, he's right at the hash marks and he drills it in. I mean, those are really high danger chances. Yes, Vasi has shown that he can stop those, but the Lightning are giving up a lot of those right now. And then the last part is that, yeah, there's been the odd goal maybe where normally stops it, and he's not right now. But I think those are of, of the – or those four or five I lost track. The last one is probably – The least noticeable, like I'm noticing the opposition either getting prime chances that they're finishing, they're picking their spots on longer range shots, or they're getting deflections. That are really tough for goalies to stop, right? I would uh, I would agree with all of that. And the true that was true for Elliott too. like think about that Skinner goal to make it five one lightning had the puck on the penalty kill. No. And they served it right up the middle of the ice, and Skinner steps into that and blasts it in. Top shelf.
1: This one comes from Dave. He says, guys, what lineup changes reasonably could Tampa Bay make to get out of this funk?
0: Well, I'm not sure the changes in the lineup are going to do it as much as a collective effort for the players who are in the lineup. But right now they have 23. Right, So they have three scratches. Chernak was, we'll call it, an injured scratch. And then they sat a defenseman, another defenseman, and they sat a forward over the weekend. If Hedman's unable to go, he'll be one of the scratches. So you're kind of limited in in who you can insert, basically. But so far we've seen Belmar and Maroon sit as Ace Amon got into both games. And it's hard to kind of assess him because, I mean, especially in the Carolina game, the Lightning hardly had the puck. I know. But I think he's trying. Like, he's trying to bring some energy and trying to get under the four check. And Jano certainly had an impact in the game on Saturday with his fight. He had a nice assist, too, to Killorn on the shorthanded goal. You think we see Hagel back to the first line? You know, Cooper was kind of, was really mixing up the lines, yeah. trying to find something yesterday. But I think it ended with Hagel back with Kucherov and Point. I like possible. that line.
1: I like that line together. And I think Stamkos and Kulorn and Sorelli, I think they bring certain elements to one another that allows them to keep their game consistent. With Hagel, mm-hmm. I think on that first line, complementing point speed and Kucherov's playmaking, I've always liked it. And I know Stamkos uh, being able to win puck battles, playing with Sorelli and Kulorn, but also being a, a really good option offensively for that line. I don't know. I mean, obviously they can play up and down the lineup, and we've seen Stamkos have a great success with Point pointing Kucherov. But I'm wondering if if that look is given a longer leash over the next few games,
0: just to well, kind of see what you have. at least these last several weeks, going back before they were slumping, When the Lightning saw an opponent that had a clear-cut top offensive line, I think more often than not we saw Hagel playing with Sorelli and Kalorn, like when McKinnon came in with Colorado. The Flyers don't really have a clear-cut dominant. I mean, they have a a top line. I'm not saying they don't. Every team has a top line. But they don't have the sorts of game-breakers that other opponents have. Like and again, we're we're extending this out to the end of the week. But for example, when Kyle Connor comes in with Winnipeg, he's a winger. Yeah. But I, I could see potentially the Lightning putting Sorelli, Korn, and Hagel out against the line that Connor is on because he's such a weapon. Sure. Offensively, maybe not. But I think the fact that you know Hagel finished the game on Sunday with with Point and Cooch, they may go back to that. I agree with you. Or keep that, I guess, for tomorrow's game. The Lightning should have a full skate tomorrow morning because today was the day off, like we said to Al, who I think asked that question. So they'll probably run the lines.
1: Yeah, and I think wherever they put Hagel or Stamkos, for the most part, they're going to be pretty productive. I, I like Hagel on that first line, but mm-hmm. I, I also understand why you would have him... I don't want to say more in a checking situation against the other team's top line, but that's certainly something that he, I think, can excel in, particularly when the stakes are at their highest. Because of the speed, the speed makes you uncomfortable. And I don't—I've uh, made this point before, partner, about Stamkos. I just—I don't know if you want Stamkos being on a line that's having to defend all the time, just because you know what he can bring offensively to the team.
0: So yeah. where would you have Stamkos then?
1: So I'd probably put, keep him on the first line with Point um, and Kucherov. Understanding, I, I probably think Hegel's a better fit there. But if if your thinking is that Hegel is really valuable with Sorrell and Korn in that checking type role against the other team's top line, I think Hegel is better suited for that than Stammer. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what I would I would do. But then again, you know, John Cooper has a lot of options. I think when it comes to that situation, and we're still a few games away from having to really discuss that moving forward. Uh, This question came from Bill, wanted to know, guys, what would you make of Tanner Janot's first couple of games in a Lightning uniform?
0: I think he's finding his way. Yeah. I think his best period with the Lightning was the third period against Buffalo, and part of that was the Lightning just kind of went out and played.
1: Yeah. We saw the big fight. We
0: of saw course. the big fight, yeah. I mean, that was certainly an impactful moment. But it's normal to have, and I'm going to use this word again, Greg, hesitancy. It's normal to have hesitancy in your game when you're going to a new team and trying to absorb and commit to muscle memory, a new system. Yeah. I think Gino is going to get there, and when he does, he's going to look more regularly like the guy that we saw in the third period against the Sabres playing in a straight line finishing his checks. So, yeah. and this is not something new like both for the players that come into the deadline and how the lightning are playing right after the deadline or just before the deadline maybe. You can go back and remember what has happened around around I should say the deadline for the lightning. Remember David Savard's first game with the Lightning? In Nashville, they got blown out. What was it? 7-2? Right. And I will tell you that Goodrow and Coleman, more so Coleman than Goodrow, but both of them, didn't exactly slot in immediately when they arrived at the deadline in 2020. Yeah, it's a good point. And talked about Paul more so than Hagel last year. Paul scored in his first game, which was actually in Carolina, a loss the Lightning had. It was Hagel's first game, too. But it took Hakea a little while, and the other thing I'll say, just to kind of put things in perspective for for Lightning fans, look: if they play like this in the playoffs, they're not going to go very far. So I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes or not be fair and honest. Like they are not playing well right now, and they're going to need to figure that out. But we have seen this before. The Lightning had that incredible run in the 1920 regular season when they went 23-2-1 yeah. over a 26-game span. But coming out of that, they went 3-6-1, and then we paused the season. They had a middling homestand. I think it was a five-game homestand. During that homestand, they lost to Chicago, a team that was – I mean, the, the Hawks got to the bubble based on they expanded – the number of teams that could get in, but the Hawks were not going to make the playoffs that year. They lost to the Hawks at home, blowing a third period lead. They had some other disappointing defeats during that three six and one span. Remember, their final game before the season pause was in Toronto. It looked like the Leafs and Lightning were going to meet in the first round that year, and they didn't play very well, and they lost. And then they came home to play Philly. <laughs> Lightning are playing Philly tomorrow. And then we pause the season. So the Lightning are not going to get a four-month pause this time around. But clearly they pulled it together, right? <laughs> they went 3-6-1, and one, and that did not affect them once they got into the playoffs in the bubble. And they played great hockey, and they won the Stanley Cup. So just because it's happening now doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen in the playoffs. And for the fans who are saying, well, what if they... Blow their position they don't even make the playoffs well look if they don't win another game the rest of the way they will have a hard time making the playoffs with 79 points but i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're going to get enough points to get into the playoffs as i mentioned if you look at their playoff pace they're they're in very good shape still to get into the playoffs the other thing i'll say is this if you are going to have a slump like this and I think Stamkos might have mentioned this as well, so I'm kind of stealing it from him. Better that it happens now than a month from now.
1: I mean, I You don't want to be 100%. playing this
0: way like with a week to go in the regular season. They do have time to figure things out. They have 19 games left in the regular season, which should be enough time for them to get their game in order. They're going to see a mix of teams. They're going to see some non-playoff teams. They're going to see some teams that are battling it out to make the playoffs, and they're going to see some teams that are well-ensconced in playoff position. They don't see a lot of teams in the West. In fact, they finish out with the West, I believe, this week. Vegas, Chicago, Winnipeg are their last three games against the West. So they're going to be seeing teams in the East the rest of the way, but they do see... Boston, right? They see Carolina. They see Toronto. They have three games left against the Devils. These are all playoff teams. But you know what? They're also seeing the Islanders who are in like wild card contention. They are going to see Detroit another game. And at the same time, they see Montreal twice, a team that's going to miss the playoffs. So they're going to see a variety of different teams and and you know, let's see how they do. Against the teams that we would probably come into that game saying this is a game the Lightning need to have, and then we're going to go into other games and say the Lightning need to be ready for a team battling for its playoff life, and then we're going to go into other games saying this is a team the Lightning might see in the playoffs. Let's see how they measure up when they play Carolina again, they play Boston. They play. I Toronto. will say this: when you take a look at the East, though, in addition to what
1: we think the Lightning will be when this is all said and done, I mean. Are there two better teams out there than Carolina and Boston right now? Yeah. Understanding you're throwing Tampa Bay in the mix, for sure.
0: I think you can make the argument that those are the top two teams in the league right now. I
1: mean, the way they're playing. Boston, look, they have forced themselves at the table, probably at the head of the table. You want to see what they can do in the playoffs. But, I mean, based off of if people are going to put a lot of stock in the regular season, especially with how the landing are playing right now then you've got to take what Boston's doing and apply that same metric, so to speak, and say, okay, well, they're rolling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been rolling all year, which is it's one of those things where, for them, they'll say it's a damn shame if we don't win the Stanley Cup because it's like what the Lightning did a few years back. I mean, to have that type of year in a parity-driven league, Dave, it, it, that is quite an accomplishment. They are going to have so
0: much pressure on them. No matter who they play. Do they have more
1: pressure than uh, Toronto?
0: (laughs) Toronto is going to have a lot of pressure in the market and probably within the room. I think the Bruins have swagger because their guys have gone deep in the playoffs before. But... In a series, they are going to feel the pressure because they are going to be expected to win every series, including against some very good opponents. Tell you what, right now, this would mean the Lightning are out, but if Boston and Carolina meet in the Eastern Conference Final, I don't know that I'm taking Boston right now. You would take Understanding Carolina, we don't yeah. know like teams are going to get on rolls or not get on rolls. There may be injuries. I mean, that's way, way down the road. But... If you are gonna like have all other things be equal, and you're gonna put Boston in the Eastern Conference Final against Carolina, where Boston is gonna be the clear favorite, having won sixty however many games, they're gonna win. What would take, I, think, I think? Why that would that, you take Carolina? I'm curious. Because I'm not I saying think are wrong. I'm just curious. I think that Carolina is feeling some pressure to take another step forward this year. But in that series, the Bruins would be the team with all the pressure. And I think Carolina can dismantle teams based on how they play. They're going to have to come up with a solution on the penalty kill for Boston's power play. And again, Lightning fans, don't read this as the Lightning are definitely not going to be there. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, I'm following up on your point that if we are in agreement that as we speak today on March 6th, (laughs) The Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes appear to be the two best teams in the NHL. And I have a comment about Carolina with its divisional race, which I, that was another part of my conversation with Mike Beniscalco that I'll fill you in on. But understanding New Jersey is right there and, you know, Toronto loaded up at the deadline and, you know, the Rangers got Kane and Tarasenko and all this other stuff. If we are going to say right now, these are the two favorites in the East. And therefore, we are going to project that they're going to meet in the conference final. I think Carolina will be a major, major handful for the Bruins. Just like they're going to be a major handful for every team. But the fact that the Bruins are going to go into a series or that series with all the pressure, that's perfect for Carolina in my mind because they're going to go into that series and people are going to be like, well, wow, Carolina has been a really good team, but you know, the Bruins won 60 some odd games. You don't think that's going to motivate the Hurricanes? They are going to be They don't like the Bruins either. I mean, they no, beat them last year, but the Bruins had knocked them out of the playoffs a couple of times earlier in the Brindamore Yeah. Coaching regime. See, I think with Boston,
1: era. you'd give them the, to me, I'd like them because of like the star power. Because the star power,
0: yeah, I think you that's have... the argument against Carolina, right?
1: Although, again, maybe they're starting to develop that. You know, I don't know where you put Svechnikov. I don't know where you know Aho kind of fits into this this ranking of of superstars. If if that's what you believe, um, I think it's an interesting
0: debate. But it's it's one that
1: let's hope the Lightning don't have to face either. one Yeah, of those we're teams. hoping
0: we're saying the Lightning are playing a team in the Eastern Conference final you know, for the. For the fourth straight year. I
1: wanted to bring this point up before we do sign off at Bolts. Well, let me just tell you quickly, because this is
0: interesting, what Mike said. Because I asked him, you know, does it matter to the Hurricanes that they finish first or second? Because the Devils are nipping at their heels right now. And he said, yes. He said, I actually feel that it's keeping them focused because they really want to get first. And the reason they really want to get first is they would rather not have to see the Rangers in the first round. I understand that. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to go where they want to go, they're going to have to probably get through either New Jersey or New York Rangers. You would think. You would. Well, I mean, if they finished first right. and they win their first round series, they're going to play one of those two teams in the second Correct. round. Correct. But I think in in their mind, there is a there is a difference. Like they have a healthy amount of respect for the Rangers, a team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. They would rather see, like, a Buffalo, I think, or, frankly, a Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's a good matchup for them.
1: It's a good matchup Mm -hmm. for them, to be honest with you. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. I think it's a fair question. You know, we talk about the Lightning, you know, having some breakdowns, being up and down a little bit this year at times. Do you think they have found a comfort level with their defense pairings this year? I think certain guys have played well with one another. At times. But Dave, we're how many games into the season? Do they have somebody to play with Victor Hedman? That's I mean, a consistent fair question. Not like Jan Ruta played with him. It's a fair question. Yeah. And I feel like we've seen the defense pairings get jumbled a little bit. Maybe out of necessity. Maybe just having everybody play with one another. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But we're now how many games into the season, and we're still trying to ask the question, who's Victor Hedman going to play with? I mean, we've seen Chernak.
0: And what's the shutdown pair? For a while, know. for a good portion of the season, it was Chernak and Cole. But that and they've, has not been...
1: And they've had some breakdowns a little bit. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much it's on them when they're on the ice, but we have seen them together on the ice when goals have been scored a little more frequently than we did before. Uh, it's not to take anything away from those players. I think it's just kind of where everybody is at this point. But do they They have their sixth defenseman, Dave? But do they have the pairings down?
0: I'm not sure that they do yet. But again, they have 19 games here.
1: Yes, they have 19 to, games, and to it a could little click.
0: bit to, to figure it out a little bit more. I mean, they didn't add anyone to the deadline other than the call-up of Darren but that is unusual. on defense. I'm talking that about. is
1: unusual, and I feel like it isn't being talked about enough mainstream. We have mentioned it on our show about Victor Hedman having a variety of defense partners within the system. And I do think when you don't have that cohesiveness back there, game in and game out, there can be a little bit of that helter-skelter approach to who's playing with who. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Bogosian. Is it Perbix? Is it Chernak? I mean, what, you know, is it going to be (laughs) Sergachev? I don't know. I don't know. And I, I, I do think that needs to get rectified. And the fact that it hasn't, I'm wondering, you know, has it taken a lot longer for the coaching staff to find that, to find that chemistry than they anticipated.
0: Well, part of this does tie back to the fact that Ryan McDonough is not on their team anymore.
1: Heck yeah, for sure.
0: So, I mean, that's part of the puzzle. And also Jan Ruta played a lot with Hedman. But Ruta did not play a lot in the 2020 playoff because he was hurt. For yeah. much of it. Yeah. Good so point. who played with Victor Hedman in the bubble? For a lot of the time, it was Bogosian. And you had we Sergeyev, Shattenkirk. Yeah. And you had McDonough Chernak. I mean, and we've then there seen- were times when the Lightning dressed seven, you know, with Luke Shen and Colburn came sure. in for a few games. So, I don't know. It may depend on their opponent, which, I mean, the first round opponent certainly looks like it's going to be Toronto. But doesn't it sound
1: like that's kind of where we are with some of the line combinations in general, is it may depend on the opponent
0: this Yeah, year. it may depend on the opponent and whether, like, part of the equation of defending well is how you're going to work your defense pairs. But the Lightning have had problems relating to limiting scoring chances during this last little bit here, and that extends beyond the defense pairs. That's a group of five not playing well enough, whether it's executing or reading plays or falling asleep and allowing guys to get behind on breakaways, being too aggressive, being not aggressive enough. I mean, it's just hockey's a hard game there are a lot of decisions to make in a in a split second and if your game becomes wobbly the other team can expose you and that's what's been happening part of it is who's playing with whom on defense but but part of it is beyond that yeah i would agree with that
1: no doubt about it and uh we'll take a look at uh I think we need to get some answers probably uh, before the playoffs begin. Even if they don't work, I think you want to have a set pair or a set line. And then from there, you can adjust. I I do think that's contributed to a little bit of the up-and-down play this year. And maybe that's normal considering some of the changes they did make. And we'll see how it plays out moving forward at Radio. If you want to get I'll involved. conclude with this, Greg. Yeah, go ahead.
0: So the schedule is busy, which is not conducive to getting out of this because it's not like they only have a couple of days where they can just dig in on practice, at practice, and kind of get ready for their next opponent. So that part has been tough. And, you know, like, would John Cooper maybe like to have had a practice today? Maybe, but the team just played back-to-back games. So today is a day off. On the other hand... I think the next 2 weeks the schedule sets up pretty well for the Lightning in that they're at home this week so they will have some practice time and then the following week they're on the road in Jersey but they play Jersey in Jersey Tuesday and Thursday so there's no travel like once you get there you're there it's almost like a playoff series and and that will allow for you know a practice day on Wednesday for sure and we'll see if after the next 2 weeks things look a little different for the lightning that's fair because it's basically been a couple of weeks since things have really gotten off kilter so maybe the next two weeks will help them get things back on track so they don't get a lot of rest or slash time to practice because the games are coming quickly here But I think the schedule, understanding that the games are coming quickly, the schedule is more conducive in these next two weeks for them to to kind of figure things out.
1: Let's hope they figure it out tomorrow. Let's put a pin
0: in this discussion and come back. We'll be talking about it this week, but I wonder where we are and where the fans are next Monday on the other side of this four-game homestand. There's only one way to find out. Yeah, they got to play the games. And listen to our show. <laughs> yeah, on that, too. Listen to <laughs> our yes. show. Well All right,
1: partner. We will talk to you tomorrow, and uh, we'll break it all down. At Bolts Radio, people will get involved in the show. We'll answer those questions tomorrow on the airwaves. Thanks to Steve Ersnick. Thanks to you for listening. We always appreciate it. You've been listening to Power Lunch on Lightning Radio.